and welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, national NBA writer for the Washington Post, and we have a special episode for you today. Uh, recording it uh, a few days ahead of time because I'm going to air it during my trip across the country, but we have uh, podcast producer extraordinaire Jade Hoy. Uh, Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Uh, How you doing? The, the, the maestro behind all of the uh, the various True Hoop uh, productions, whether it's podcasts or videos or whatever else he's building in the uh, the evil empire over at ESPN. <laughs> uh, Jade, thanks for coming on, and how are you, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. I also want to say uh, hello to my wife <laughs> and my kids. Boo-boo. What's up, boo-boo? Hopefully you have your wife and kids listen to the podcast so we can expand the audience by three. Um, oh, they definitely will. So Jade, Jade, as I mentioned, is uh, is a works for ESPN, and he is wandering around the uh, the campus right now. So if there's a little background noise, he's uh, he's I'm just, just looking enjoying for a bench. Oh, oh, I know where to go. I know I'm looking for a bench. I got, <laughs> and there's, there's there's a tremendous amount of construction where there usually is benches or are, and. Uh, it's so it's very difficult to find seating. Right. Well, well, make sure you find yourself some seating. So, uh, so I think most of the people who listen to this podcast also listen to the True Hoop podcast and know that that I uh, I am on on the True Hoop pods a, a fair amount and uh, which are which are always fun and uh, okay. I've gotten I've gotten no Jade over the last couple of years, which has been uh, very enjoyable for me. And I think that Jade has some is is probably the best guy doing these podcasts. Uh, in the industry right now in terms of, uh, in terms of, wow. of coming, well, no, I, it, look, there aren't, I mean, Woo! as a, as a producer, you, you, you know, you're kind of the one who's spearheading a lot of this stuff that you guys are doing. And I, I think it's, you know, it's no secret that you guys have a big audience and, and, you know, I think the stuff you guys are doing is, is a big reason why. So I, I guess, you know, I want to add, do, do you add the typewriting, uh, sound effect for yourself? For yourself? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, I want. I wanted to ask you though, and I wanted to talk to you because, uh, um, you know, because of that, and, and because I think there's a lot of people I know that I get questions about. You know, I want to start my own podcast. Or I want to start writing. I want to get into stuff, and I'm sure that I'm sure that people ask you some of the same stuff. So I guess before we get into some different stuff about True Hoop and about basketball itself, I kind of wanted to just run through some podcast stuff with you. So I guess. If, if sure. somebody if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, you know, I really love the stuff you guys do on True, and I want to, uh, I want to, ha- I want to start my own podcast and do my own thing," what what, were, what are some things you would tell them that that you you've kind of learned over over your time putting this stuff together? Oh man, I mean, I'm just gonna say like doing radio or, or, or audio podcast, I guess you'd call it, was really just like something I always wanted to do since I was a kid. Like, honestly, I think I started listening to, like, Larry King when I was six years old. So, shout out to Larry King. <laughs> now, that explains a lot. Uh, you listen to Larry King at six. <laughs> Tom, do you remember Tom Snyder? Sure. Absolutely. Yep. And then and then I did uh, Mark Summers, the WFAN Steve overnight. Steve Summers, you mean. Steve Summers, yeah. sorry. No, no, no. And then, then I, of course, Steve jo- Summers. Joe Beningo. So... Honestly, I just like if you have an appreciation for listening to people talk, then all you need is a microphone and a tape recorder, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like to me, <clears throat> well, I would it was say just... one thing I would say, I, and I, I think you would back this up. Like 
you know, you have you you because you're the evil producer, you have <laughs> a million sound effects on your podcast because you're you're the one who's you know, you're you're working all the stuff in the background and you're able to put all this stuff in I, right. as somebody who's doing his own podcast. I, and I think you would agree. I wouldn't sweat it if you're not in the in the position if you're trying to start your own podcast to to try to figure out ways to include all these different sound effects and stuff like no. to your point the uh, the content is way more important than any bells and whistles that you have around it. Like that stuff is all fun, but if, if you don't have, if you're not talking about interesting stuff and doing interesting stuff, it, no one's going to care if you can put in some sound effects around it. Well, I, I guess let me just tell you how it started then. Um, yeah, let's go through. We're going to go through that anyway. So why don't you watch people through it? I mean, Troop TV started, and I and I checked this the other day. Starting in February 2011, and. Uh, so I've been at ESPN 10 years, and I was doing a, a digital show uh, called The Daily Dime. And it was, it was uh, canceled, I guess, um, for certain reasons. And so I was, uh, was kind of stuck with um, trying to develop content with the True Hoop Network guys, right? So that, was back when, guys, that was back when Henry Abbott and Kevin Arnovitz were kind of spearheading that whole, that whole thing, ex- right? Exactly. So... Uh, basically we put out, you know, an email to the whole group, you know, if you want to work with Jay doing some new stuff and it was really just via Skype, uh, video stuff, just give him a holler. And like guys like Ethan, Ethan Strauss, uh, Beckley Mason, uh, Devin Carpertian, a bunch of dudes, really cool dudes, uh, just got back to me. We just started doing stuff and I literally just, you know, pop them up on the screen, record them for 45 seconds to get a certain take and then splice all these different takes together and create a video, right? That w- that was the earliest form of true TV. Now, five years ago? Yeah, a long time. So, I mean, long story short, <clears throat> about two years ago, you know, it's just like you can only do so much in that space, right? Right. And, and two years ago, I was spending a lot of time with Ethan and Amin and Tom. Right, we we had we had done the the the, the show kind of progressed into a live space through TV live space. Yeah, can you was, can we, you kind of because I I don't even know necessarily some of the some of this backstory. Like where did like I, like when did the when did like the the genesis of the actual pod itself get started? Like how did all that come? To, how did how did you evolve from doing the? Because I remember the those early Skype stuff with with Beckley and. And Dad yeah. and those guys, but like, how did it get from that to you having like kind of that main crew doing the pod pretty regularly? It was well. I mean, at, here at ESPN, we had um, we had uh, you know an arranged agreement with Spreecast to do content, and so you know that was part of my part of my job. And basically, I just asked the the three guys I knew the best to do it because it was it was you know not something that everybody wanted to do let's just put it that way <laughs> right but but amin ethan and tom they i mean they just embraced it they're just they're 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 that's the way they think and um the medium itself is it's, it's a weird one because it's very exciting but the aesthetics of it aren't right <laughs> yes and yes. so if you if you looked around at some of the other products that were going out through ESPN, eh, maybe they weren't that good. But ours was amazing. I, I contest to this day it was some of the best digital content 
ever. Let's not get crazy, but <laughs> but it was it was really it was, no, just it was fun. Good stuff. And, it was good stuff it, for sure. And and what happened was um, because we were doing you know forty five minutes to an hour, uh, somebody here um, was like, hey, let's just turn that into a podcast and help me get a channel. And that was it. And that and and the primary you know voices of that that place or that you know. Uh, experience was a mean Tom and Ethan. Right. Now I will say this: I will say this that about a year ago, uh, last summer, what happened was me, I mean, and Ethan, we we just spend a lot of time uh, online together. We would finish doing a video, a three-minute video, and then just hang out. You right. know, I would I, I would be editing, and Ethan would have you know. 14 thoughts on his mind <laughs> and Amin would want to talk about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. You know? so, right. Right. Like, it was just, a, it was a hangout. It was literally a hangout. So I was just like, I'm just going to start recording it. Like, and that's how the cold opens, which right. came about. Right. Like I would, I would say, Hey guys, uh, I've been recording this. <laughs> let's, let's just make it a pod, you know? So that's, that's, that's the short evolution there. And, and I, I want to kind of talk to you about those guys a little bit because I know you've got some funny stories about them. But, like, why why is it that you um, why you seem to gravitate towards trying to have, um, you know, somewhere between three and four, maybe even five people on the podcast, including yourself? Like, you seem to try to – like, very rarely is it, like, two people. Like, I know me and Brian did one one time, I think, about Sam Hinkie because that was kind of a last-minute thing and – uh, yep. you didn't have anybody else. So we just kind of went off about it and you joined in, but, but even yeah, now when a... you were on it a lot, like why, why do you like, you know, again, I guess this, this is kind of court towards aim back towards the beginning where I was trying to give people some tips. Like why, why do you think it's better to have, you know, say three or four people instead of maybe just a one-on-one conversation on the pod? <clears throat> I don't think it's better, uh, necessarily. I mean, I've done the two person thing, like for instance, Kevin Arnovitz and, and Pablo, uh, it's our NPR experience, you know, <laughs> and, and, and in fact, I was just listening back to last summer and Amin and Ethan did 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 a bunch, of just the two of them. Actually, that's when I started joining in for some for some unknown reason. But uh, I would just say this. It's just more fun. <laughs> it's just, right. It is way more fun. You could you can attest to that. Like having uh, it's like you're hanging out like it truly is like you're hanging out in the technology now. Uh is is almost there it, I mean, it, it people i think get confused with our with our podcast thinking that we're all in the same room right and we almost never and when i i mean especially yeah it's, i mean basically it's never that way ever and it's so just, it's just about i mean other than at the finals i mean it's basically uh it's basically every single person's in a different city correct i mean it's like i think though sometimes people are like well what's with the sound quality you know <laughs> right. but this is the technology I'm dealing with, with, I mean, a very limited budget, I would say. And uh, so we do the best we can. And I try to get this, you know, three, four, five person thing. I, geez, sometimes six, I think. Right. To, to happen. And, and I've, you know, I, listen, I will, I will say that, you know, there's been some hiccups, but I think more often than not, man, it's, it's, it's a great experience, you know? No, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, it, I mean, I, you know, and I, like I said earlier, I mean, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I, some of my favorite things that I get to do now are coming on the podcast, uh, with like, I really enjoy doing this one, but it's fun, you know, for all those reasons you said, it's fun to go on the troop one because like, we're all, like you said, we're all friends when we're 
at the finals or if we're at All-Star Weekend or something, we're all there, we hang out. Um, you know, so it's like you get to just go on and, and shoot the breeze with your friends for an hour, which is, I think, <laughs> which I think is what, if you're trying to do a podcast of any kind, like I think that should be what the goal should be. It should be, you should want people to listen, at least, that, I mean, that's how I try to do this one too. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I think that if you're doing a podcast of any kind in any format, you should want people listening to it thinking they're, they're like part of a conversation with their friends. Yeah. I mean, listen, the other thing is, hey, every podcast is two people, right? Right. So, exactly. I mean, just try something else. That's yeah, all, no. so I, that's, I think that's, that's also part of it. Um, I, I feel, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just feel that, um, it, yeah, it, it's definitely, like I said before, the technology in a, in a year or two, hopefully, like it'll, it'll spread to the point where it's seamless. Right. And, and uh, it'll be even better. Now, from a technological standpoint, you keep kind of coming, circling back to that. What, what, what are some, what are some things that you are kind of either, what, what are some things you're kind of hoping come down the pipe or that you're, you're, you're looking forward to, to getting your hands on that would, that would make the, the experience a lot better? Like what, what are some of the things as somebody who's, you know, like I'm just kind of doing this on a fly on my own. You're, you're, way ahead of me in terms of the, the technology aspect of this stuff like what, what are some things that you're you're excited about the possibility of once they once you can implement them no i think everything is there everything the technology is there i think it's just honing the the whatever algorithms or you know uh the program so that there's there's little interference right right so that 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 pipe just stays open because uh, what happens with us is just this is boring stuff but you just lose you lose certain parts of the conversation due to the just the bandwidth. So sure. once okay. that 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 once that, that feed stabilizes, and that's just a matter of time. Yeah, that things things I mean things have progressed since the five years ago when I started on the video side. Right to the point now, like I'm you you can pull in HD feeds from from someone in Florida to someone in California simultaneously. Yeah. <clears throat> now it's a shame. I will say this: it is kind of a drag that there's no live. Uh, platform anymore right yes so that multi-channel platform like 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 a spreecaster like blab so that that's kind of a drag like you have you have you have the periscope and and that's that's seen but it's only one channel so right. we experimented with that at the finals yes well and that and that's something that that let live that multi-channel live situation is something if you could find something that worked you'd like to bring back i assume right yes because uh, the fans, right? They don't get to interact in the pod, you know. Right. And like, and like having that. I mean, listen. Some of the best segments were born out of that. Like, I, 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 I bet you that Radio Ethan was born out of the chat. Not, you know, proper, but like I remember specifically people when Ethan would ramp up on a certain take, the dudes in the chat would be like, Radio Ethan, <laughs> here he goes. <laughs> You know, so I yeah. think a lot of the a lot of the things that we do now on the show, man, it's it's funny. Like I'm on this thing, like talking like the shows. Listen to more than twenty people. What up, Bo Schwartz? <laughs> um, Sam, I hope Sam's like Sam's not checking this out. But uh, it's like a lot of those segments were born out of that interaction, right? right? From what was going on in the chat to the guys, you know, modulating on screen. So. Well, and, and that's something you're always, you're, I mean, ever since you I got wrote, to do it a couple of times. You oh got yeah. To do no, it. it was fun. It was fun. I did it. I did it a mm-hmm. bunch of times. And, uh, 
that is something that that's always struck me. You're you're constantly um, you're constantly thinking about the audience and thinking about ways that you can try to engage people more or thinking ahead to stop like trends in the way. I love the audience. I love oh, the audience. Yeah, no, it's 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 your focus that's, all the time. That's uh, yeah. Hey, listen, that's big was. So well, and that and that you know that <laughs> I want to get into that in a bit, but um, you know, you mentioned you know we've kind of hit on a bunch of things and. One of the things that, you know, when I talked, when, you know, people ask me about going on True Hoop or about you or anything, I, I tell them, you know, I always, I always tell them that I'm impressed with the number of, of things you're into because you, not only are you doing the stuff with the podcast, but, um, you know, for people that don't know, you're the one who's kind of behind the scenes on the big number that Tom Havistro does. <laughs> you're, That's right. you're behind the scenes on these animated shorts that, whether it's uh, Brian Whithurst or Ethan's doing or Tom has done some or Kevin Pelton has done some. Um, you're, you've got your hands on a lot of different stuff. So, like, how how did you how, – how have you gotten to the point where you're, you know, you're sending stuff to the jump and you're you're doing these digital shorts online and you're doing the podcast? Like, is that is that just because you've been interested in different stuff or is that just kind of the way your job has progressed to where you've been, you've been given these extra responsibilities to do this different stuff? Well, I mean, first off, shout out to Henry Abbott, right? So he's the yes. godfather. <clears throat> um, yeah, like 2011. I keep going back to that. It's just so funny, but because you know, I started working with the guys. Like I worked with Ethan before Henry, um, and uh, I don't know. Like Henry and I have just had a great, great working relationship, and you know, he's he's he had a big hand to do with the the animation stuff obviously getting that stuff off the ground um yeah in fact the whole concept behind that is realistically that's henry sitting at his desk playing with figures right right um so i mean i don't know i i, I just i come in and i want to do stuff every day don't everybody does and and my, one of my favorite things is doing stuff and then when i get home watching the stuff or listening to the stuff that i do so I, I know people that like to paint houses, like say that or something, <laughs> but I just like, it's just fun to create things. Right. And so, uh, and then it's also fun to work with people creating things. Um, I, I don't know what else to say really. No, you know, it's, no. Just, it's just, the, it's just the process of enjoying. I mean, I will say this, uh, when I think about right now, because it's, it's it's beautiful day and it's it's blue sky, um, being a, in the second week of January, coming up with some big concept with Tom, with uh, ten inches of snow on the ground, is kind of a daunting feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I could use like four people to help me, you know. Yeah. But uh, so. <laughs> no, but then you wouldn't have your touch on everything. Um. Now, now, what are what is it for you? Like, like, is there a is there a different approach to trying to do stuff like the big number or those animated shorts um, as opposed to doing the podcast, like from a, from a, a, a creative standpoint or even a process standpoint? Is it like a, do you have a different mindset with that kind of stuff or is it, is it all, is it all kind of coming from the same place as you do it? No matter what the, no matter what the <clears throat> form is. Man, this, this, this is deep. Um, I would say like, for me, like you, you always want to be creating, right? Uh, and in that lane or whatever, when you're traveling down that, that, that highway, you just want to do different things. <laughs> you, just, you can't always just 
do the analytical thing right. or uh, you know even within the pod structure I try to do different things well, that's right why so you I have, have power shows and, and I, yeah I got the cra- I got I, like I always I, I say I got the kids table <laughs> with the mean Tom and Ethan and then I got the table and then I do the NPR thing you know like I always want to change things up because I get bored right um, with my own stuff with my own stuff you know and the other thing I, I, I like to do and, and, and the analogy I always use is I like to eat Oreos with potato chips like so I really I just like what? salt and sugar I, I like I, salt I, and sugar that's a very strange analogy you know <laughs> it's just that's just I used to be realistic I did that as a kid I was just I'd like to change things up constantly um, and uh, so that's it it's just it's real I think it's just um, you go, oh, I'm sick of doing that. Let's... No, that that is uh, the the fact that you ate potato chips and Oreos as a kid uh, explains a lot to me. At the same time, yeah. you never did that. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anyone else has ever done that ever. <laughs> do your kids do that? Hell, I would never let them. Oh, well, kidding there you me? Go. <laughs> <laughs> this is back in the whenever. So back in the ether. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so you, I mean, you've, you've talked about, uh, the, this kind of main crew, me and Tom and Ethan a lot, obviously they're kind of at the, the center of the stuff you're doing. Um, what, what has it been like kind of seeing, you know, all those guys have kind of, you know, from the time they started doing the podcast a lot, you know, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're all friends of ours also, and it's, they've all kind of had their, their stars go up quite a bit. I imagine it's been, it's been kind of fun for you to, um, to kind of be there as the as you've seen their their careers progress i would imagine oh yeah yeah i'm i'm still waiting on the checks so <laughs> <laughs> i think i got 3 3 out so no i, I think it's fantastic um it, back when i first started working with tom was in 2011 at the the, uh, the finals in miami and uh, i was assigned a you know just a real basic side court uh, hit as you know with Tom giving some news on whatever Dwayne Wade and he was terrible I, I call, call them 12 I call them 12 take Tom you know what's great <laughs> is Habistro I, I solicited some stories from the uh, from the crew to ask about and, and Habistro specifically brought that up he said, yeah, I, uh, I said ask about that I had no idea what he was talking about I didn't even know about this he was sweating he was just terrible and uh <laughs> And as I, I, I was mentioning before, I went back and I watched the first ever Troop TV, and it was surprising to me. The first face was Ethan Strauss, <laughs> and he was all—he had long, straggly hair down to his like almost his chin. No way! He had a really? Little, oh, he—he was—he was—he had a beard, a little, you know, like a shaggy beard. Wow! Um, he was ready to start the revolution for sure, but. Um, <laughs> And he was just. <laughs> what was his What was God. his take on the first true, the true first true hoop the, TV? The first one was we did. I had the guys basically do, give me thirty seconds on Rondo versus uh, Rose. Oh God, I can't even imagine what he said about that. <laughs> what was his take? Rondo versus. Honestly, I couldn't get past the visual. I couldn't get. <laughs> <laughs> and but he let's just say he wasn't good. And then, then <laughs> my man Amin, uh, Amin was so bad. 
Amin was so bad, my boss told me to stop using them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's walk, because I don't know how many, I mean, if people know Amin because of, uh, you know, his hate hard stick on the internets and stuff, but I, don't, I no, but it, I, it, don't call it a stick. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it's a shtick. Come on. I'm, I'm, we, we love Amin, but I mean, it, it is what it is, but I, mm. But I don't know how many people know exactly about his background. So he he worked in he worked for the Suns for several years in in basketball ops and stuff. And then uh, I know I know when he got to ESPN. But how exactly did he get into your orbit? Like how, I don't I don't even know if I know like, the exact story of how that happened. Okay, it's 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 real easy. Uh, Henry Abbott basically brought him in. Um, they were good friends uh, for a number of years, and. Uh, he started writing for Insider, and he just started doing Troop TV with us uh, fairly, I mean, pretty, like, weekly, if not more. And, uh, and then, you know, he, 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 he made the jump to SportsCenter pretty quickly, and then, you know, is where he is now. He, he, he was, his, his progression has been really pretty extraordinary. So, but at the yeah, beginning, but at the beginning, it, but at the beginning it. it was rough. It was painful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I hope he doesn't get mad. He won't get mad, but he, uh, he was the classic. I mean, was your classic, uh, when you were not recording, he was, you know, fire. It was just, this is, you're like, this is what I want. And then you, you'd press record and he'd start going and he'd stop and he'd be like, ah, let's do that again. (laughs) Let's do that again. You know, like literally like four or five times. Uh, so it's just a matter of like, getting him reps like anybody it was for everybody it was just about getting reps in fact you know um i gotta shout out chris ramsey uh oh the great chris ramsey nba editor at espn chris yeah chris ramsey really was really super super cool to me uh because i was like i was kind of floating around here when i first started and he kind of brought me into the the nba circle and um uh in fact you can almost credit big, uh, Chris Ramsey for the big number. I remember I was sitting in his office one day, and he looked up, and he goes, how about a feature with Tom Haberstraw? And he put his arms in the air, and he goes, the big number. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I like that. It's one of um, my favorite features. But anyway, That's great. But Chris, but Chris man, uh, um, hold on. What was I saying? What was I saying? You're talking about Chris Ramsey. Just No, but what? Well, you were talking about uh, just getting everybody. You were talking about getting everybody reps and and. Uh, you oh just, you came yes, Chris. Chris. Chris would call Troop TV the D League of uh, like ESPN. You know, it was a great space for people to like hone their skills, and it 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 is or it was. You know, um, and I think it's you know if you look around. Uh, I, with a lot of these, like, I don't know. I don't want to take credit for Kevin Pelton, but man, he's my MIP, right? Most improved player <laughs> as of last year. So he's been getting reps, you know. Now, but K- it's, it's KP, not a... whenever if KP, I don't know how KP has time to come on the podcast in between writing literally twenty thousand <laughs> words a day on the NBA. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. But that's the best part of it. Like you get to work with all these super smart uh, people. You know, like across the board, like just name them. Uh, Winhurst, you know, Ramona, uh, Kate Fagan. Like I've had opportunities to work with all of these Pablo, just super, super cool. And everyone's fun. 
<laughs> just fun people. Yeah, for sure. Like I like I said, that's why I enjoy coming on. I mean, we're all friends, and you come on, and it's it's like you said, just talking to a bunch of your friends. It's good. Now, is it weird? Is it weird for you to see like stuff on the jump? Like, do, do nah. that? Do you get? Do you? Does if you gotten used to that yet? Because I would think that'd be pretty cool if you spend time working on something, then it's on TV that half a million people see or whatever. Um, whatever number. I mean, it's it's so cool. I, I and I really appreciate that opportunity. Uh, uh, thanks to all those people. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, being it's it, it, it brings up an interesting thing. Being digital, I guess, and I, I've always been digital. It's really hard to equate your your exposure right uh with like where things are going and oftentimes like i don't know who's watching this stuff like if anybody is watching this stuff you know it's the weird thing like for with television it has it just seeing stuff on the, the screen i'll be at the gym and i'll be watching the jump and i'll see like tom you know and it's like i'll take a picture it's really cool you know it, it's just uh so you're like wow i i did something you right. know, <laughs> right? but the digital space like is, is it's just, you know, unless you get 900 retweets and stuff like that, um, a lot of this stuff, you don't know, you, know, you just don't know if, uh, if it's having an impact, you know, it, like digital metrics are so bizarre. Uh, cause like a lot of times you'll have a video that's, you know, coupled with a story and you're like, well, the people are really coming to, to read Pablo or, or Ethan or, <laughs> And my video's just going with the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, uh, but that doesn't matter to me, ultimately. I just like, like I said earlier, I like to do things. And I like my own stuff, you know, like where I like to, like at the end of, you know, I go home I, and I check it out or listen to it on the ride home. Like I'm a big, big fan of uh, what we do, I think. Is that terrible? I don't know. I, I feel I like would, that. I would think if you, I would think if you weren't. <laughs> I would think if so you weren't like, a fan, no, but I would think if you weren't a fan of what you were doing, then uh, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to keep doing it, right? Like, well, I I used to do. I mean, I I grew up doing music, like that was my deal. I started recording music when I was twelve, thirteen years old. What kind I, of music? I, just I, I played guitar, and uh, you know. So what? My, what are you? What my, were you trying to play? You my father Nirvana, was my father's like my, rock, my, my, hard rock, my, or what? My. Well, my father was a blues guitarist. You know, I, 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 uh, I knew how to finger pick, and I, I, I had a, a rock band with my brother. And but I also did experimental music. I took experimental music at Wesleyan when I went to college. So I did like I was into like uh, like creating music, and and you know, so I have I had that in my background. You right. Know. What what? <laughs> What was the Jade? What's your brother? I don't know if I've ever asked you. What's your brother's name? Jacob. Jacob. So what? Yeah. So what was the band? What's up, what Jake? The, what was the band name? Straw Dogs. Was it just the two of you? Uh, no, we had a drummer and a bass player. Okay. So like, what was the yeah. sound of the of the Straw Dogs? Modern rock. Okay. Modern rock. Yeah. I mean, albums? at the time, at at the time, oh, yeah, we, we yeah, no, we didn't. We we had an album. We had an EP. We actually made Spin Magazine's Buzz List and like you know. Really? Blank, e blank year. Yeah. No, 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 not blank year. What year? <laughs> so this this probably Wait would have been like the you know what year? Two, 2002, maybe? Wow. 2000, yeah, around then. I mean, I was in the city then. Uh, so I graduated in 97 and I went to the city. Is this too much about me? Was this, was this pod supposed to be about me? 
Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's the whole point. This is weird. What's up, Ma? Oh, my God. And so, anyway, yes, I went to the city to, to play music uh, with my brother. My brother was older than me, four years older. is four years older than me. So we went. He was there. So I went, you know, to the city. We were playing at my college here in Connecticut. And uh, so we just decided to keep it going. And we did it for like three years, I think, until my brother had a kid. That kind of kind of ended things. Yeah, I would say, I would so. say that, that often does. <laughs> oh, having a having a band though is a headache, man. It's that is that's a rough. Uh, no, I didn't have I, a band. I was I I played in the band when I was a kid, but not not like rock band. So like what uh, what this is tough. what was tough about it? And mostly transporting the drums for the drummer, right? (laughs) Everything else was kind of like, you know, guitar. I was a guitar player, so I had guitar and some pedals. And, and, oh, amplifiers were heavy, too. Yes, Um, they are very heavy. So, and it was the the worst part about playing out, you know. So we would play down on, like, Bleecker Street down the West Village. Sure. And the worst part about it was you would play and you would be so amped up after your show but you couldn't do anything because you had to lock all this gear yes. <laughs> back to your rehearsal space, you know. Yes. So you couldn't really like enjoy the the moment. It was uh, I always found that to be quite the paradox. Um, but anyway, it was a fun experience. I certainly like when I look back, I'm like I'm thankful that I did it. But I, when I when I think back to the city, I remember two things: the headache from having a band uh, fighting. You always, for some reason, having a band, you're just constantly in a fight with one band member or another. <laughs> and then uh, just being on the subway, I just felt like my whole experience in New York City was on the G train. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, that, I think many people can relate to the last part for sure. For, 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 waiting for the, waiting for the, the G train. <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds like all that probably was pretty good uh, prep work for all the stuff you're doing now, though, I would say, right? I mean, I would say that that whole process is probably informed a lot of the stuff you still do like you said earlier exactly it's i don't see it any different like i i see uh i I, this um whatever i do it's like being in a band you know it's collaboration you know it's like i'm playing the guitar they're playing the bass he's playing the drums it's really it's as simple as that Highly recommend being in a band for life experience. <laughs> well, it's, it's always, I, I mean, in my experience, you know, one of the, the, the big reasons why I have so much fun doing the podcast is that, you know, like writing is inherently a lonely thing to do. Like you sit at a computer and you write and, mm-hmm. you know, you might be talking to some friends about what you're doing or like asking for input, but a lot of it's you just like trying to pound out whatever it is you have to do. And, you know, it, it is fun when you get a chance to take a break from that. And, uh, and whether it's beyond, if you're on TV or on the podcast or whatever, and you're, you're doing stuff with other people, it is a nice, uh, it is a nice departure from that and a chance because it is just a lot more fun. You know, when you do do something with somebody else or a couple other people and it's good, it's just, it is always a lot more fun than if you're doing it by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially like for the, for me, I, I got to do that too with my brother. Um, I, you know, I did also, have, we had a side project, which was, we had a band with my dad, me and my brother. So, oh, really? <clears throat> it was called Straw Dads. So, <laughs> so that, that was, that was a, that was a basement band, right? So that, and that continued after the Straw Dogs had, uh, had, uh, ended because, you know, it was basically we would record during Thanksgiving and Christmas, 
so I do like collaborating with anybody is great. Collaborating with your family is even better. Yeah, so, that's pretty great. Now what? That was pr- primarily a cover band. Oh, okay. So a lot of lot of Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense given what your dad was doing. But uh, that no, that's that's neat, man. See, I didn't see we're covering some new ground. People are going to be. I think people are going to be pretty uh, pretty surprised. I don't know if oh, we recorded if... so many tracks too. I think we we must have done like over 150 songs. You got to slip some of those into your podcast into the podcast, man. You should have that. You should have that as the I, music. I have thought about it. I have you thought should. about it. Please. Hey man, I listen. I, I I'm anticipating doing this for the next, uh, you know, long time. Two years. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm out after two years. I told you I get bored. <laughs> um, well, I mean, hey, I have uh, you know the digital, the sports digital at the Washington Post, Glenn Yoder in the Western States. They, uh, you know, his band. That's the theme music for the podcast. It's uh, it's good uh, stuff, man. That's, you, uh, a, that's a good one. You should, you should, my, uh, you should have, you should use some of yours on the pods. Drop it in. Actually, my buddy was my my buddy uh, hit me up uh, the other day, asked me if I wanted some some of his conspiracy music, and so you might uh, hear that. There soon. you go. <laughs> we probably should talk about that quick. I got a couple things I want to hit after that, but you you are you are uh, it does come up on the podcast from time to time that you're. You're a bit of a conspiracy theorist. So what? Where? Where did? Uh, where did that come from? And how deep does it go? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, where did that come from? I think it probably came from my my high school. Uh, so I, I was at high. I was in high school around the time that the movie JFK came out. My father's a big JFK assassination um, guy. And, uh, you know, he introduced me to the movie. I must have been like 14. Uh, I did. I ended up doing my I think my junior high school, you know, thesis or whatever term paper uh, on the on the 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 subject. So that was that was. um, So what was was the outcome of the term paper? uh, What what I talked about in the term paper? Yeah, it was uh, basically what I did was I, I talked about the. Um, the doctors in at Parkland in Dallas the mm. day of the the assassination all uh, basically um, refuting you know the official story which was the you know you know the whole thing right <laughs> without getting into too many details if you if you read even the Warren report uh, the the direct you know testimony from those doctors is striking so. So yeah, that was my first. Uh, that was my first taste of conspiracy, if you will. Right. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I I don't necessarily I don't necessarily base my life around. I find a lot <laughs> of just the stuff is entertaining to me. It's just it's a fun thing to do as a mental exercise, and it also I don't know. It just keeps your keeps you sharp. I, I feel in terms of like how you, you know, how you see, see the world. Sure. It's not that I believe everything I, I, uh, read, but I certainly have an open mind when it comes to it. It's just <laughs> fun. It's fun to, to think that maybe we didn't go to the moon. <laughs> so, right. You know, it's just, it, what, people get angry about it. Well, like, I, I was going to, I was going to, you, you cut me off. You you like to wind people up, and conspiracy theories almost inevitably tend to wind all kinds of people up. 
So you can you yeah. can, you can bring them up and get people all wound up, and then secretly or not so secretly, you get very excited about it. So that I I, I would argue that's my, the biggest my reason fav- why my favorite my favorite podcast. I'll, I'll be honest, our conspiracy podcast. So that's um, that's <laughs> they really. I, I love the NBA stuff, but I love the NBA stuff in the daytime. Yes, but but uh, but when the sun falls, Tim. <laughs> it's just fun like i said like it's just it's a it's just a you know entertainment yeah all right well we got a i i solicited the some of our uh some of our pals for some questions so we got a couple questions uh uh real quick wow. before we before wow. we wind down uh they, Seinfeld. Well, well, no, what? not not Seinfeld. Uh, Tom, Tom had mentioned Tom had mentioned his initial forays with uh, with you back in 2011, which you already you already got into. Unless you want to go into more detail about uh, about just just what that whole experience was like back in 2011, but it sounds like you covered that. Covered that. Um, they uh, there was a lot of discussion about your Warriors fandom. Uh, yep. So I would like to kind of examine your. Uh, your basketball interest over time because you were not oh, you were not great a life, subject you were not a lifelong Warriors fan I know for certain so uh, what so if you could walk us through I'm I'm not a lifelong you, NBA fan right, right? Well, I knew I knew that too so just walk us I don't, through your, your I don't I don't know much about I don't can you I don't know much about basketball like I don't <laughs> that's can't that can't be a secret right. Uh, I don't think uh, it goes unnoticed that I'm rather quiet when when the discussion gets intricate. <laughs> other than a, other than a move along. <laughs> um, yes, good. Um, the how did the Warrior thing? All right, so who was my favorite team before the Warriors? Was the 2011 Dallas Mavericks? <laughs> because they beat the Heat. That. No. Uh, because that was my first experience, right? I, I went to the finals and got to see the whole thing. First time my whole life um, seeing something of that that caliber. Right. And and I remember game two, right? I think game two, the Mavs were down that the, like 16. That was the 16, celebration game. That was the celebration game. And then Dirk carried the Mavs back. 16 points they were down and then yeah Wade right was, Wade and LeBron yeah. did the celebration in front of the bench and then they stormed back and won I, the game I I think that's probably like the greatest like it's certainly the greatest comeback I've ever seen in my life but um I don't know I was just like dude I I am all about this See, I didn't have a team so I didn't have so a up team. until 2011, you had like what is your level of NBA interest? Is it zero? Is it less than zero? No, no, bec- no, because I was doing, uh, I was working the Daily Dime, the digital show from from oh, for three years. Right, well, I'm talking it. about like as a fan. Like, did, was there? So like, I like players. I like players. Like, how far back did you like players? Like, as a kid, or like went? Like, did you pay any attention to basketball at all till you got the ESPN? Like, no, of course I did. When I was in high school, I loved the Knicks. Okay. Love them. I'm from Connecticut, right. so I'm a New York, and plus I'm on. I'm that part of Connecticut that falls right in between uh, Boston and New York. But all of my allegiances are. I hate Boston teams. <laughs> I hate. I can't. Like I hate them. So I'm a Yankees guy. I was a Knicks guy. Uh, my hockey team's funny. As a kid, I was a hockey player as a kid. So my team was the Canadians because uh, my father's actually. You weren't a Whalers fan. No, I hated the Whalers. Really? <clears throat> my father's 
more or less from Montreal. Oh, okay. So he grew up in Sherbrooke. So oh, I was sure. Okay, so of course so, you're a Canadian fan. Yeah. So um, and then football, probably the Giants. Um, so yeah. So you were a Knicks fan in high school, but then, like, yep, so then yep. you, were you not much of a fan after that? Like, what was the? I fell was- I I fell out of. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I I fell out of basketball from you know. I mean, through college, I guess I watched. So I was more into college back then, UConn, the UConn teams. But um, yeah, I mean, I, when I started, I started here in ESPN in 06. And then, so ever since then, and then 06, 07, and then, you know, that team, the LeBron, the Cavs team, I was a big fan of them. I loved the the Magic teams, the, the Van Gundy and the Dwight Howard uh, team there. So, but yeah, I didn't really have a team. That I felt like, well, I can get with them until eleven, and uh, but that team got blown up, right? So right. <laughs> I was, was kind of like floating around an ocean until, uh, yeah, until the Warriors. And I think a lot of it had to do with reading Ethan. You know, I mean, he was just—he's—I've been reading. He's one of my favorite writers, and so, um, and plus, you know, like I was saying, you get the—I get this special access with getting to be on these conversations with him and, and getting to hear all this, this, the stories. And it's just, and, and they do, they play the best basketball. I mean, it's like, you know, you should enjoy the finest wine. Right. Right. Um, so they just, I don't know. And then I, you know, I, but there's a, I have a connection to, to San Francisco. You know, my parents met there. So there you go. <laughs> well, but but it, but and but some of this is also a little phony because you you have already you have already laid the groundwork for your new favorite team, is that correct? Timberwolves. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to Minnesota. So explain, soon. Explain, to, explain to the people. Explain to the people what's <laughs> happening there. It's good for the show, you know. I do. It's good for the show. So right now, I think uh, it's it's strategic to have. Uh, listen, someone. I was talking to Henry yesterday. And we're, there's a discussion about, you know, possibly doing something, you know, specifically oriented toward the, the Warriors season long, audio wise. Right. And I'm like, we do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you look, if you look back at our, 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 you know, our list from last year, it's like, oh, at least every other show was the Warriors, probably more often than that. We hit it every week. Right. We hit it every week. Right. Between one of the pods that was going out, it was, it was getting done. Yeah. So. I don't know. That's uh, hey. I will say this. Let me just say this, man. I don't know. I, I just I love them. I I watched every game, and that's not easy being on the East Coast. Right. I watched every single game, but man, they they kind of they kind of got on my nerves at the end of the year. You know, the cockiness. I wasn't. Uh, well, then how do you feel about them now? Because now they're gonna. I'm sure they're not gonna be even more cocky now. No, I love Kevin Durant. I love him. I love him. In fact, I, I really, I, I really gained a new appreciation for him in, in the the conference finals last season. He was incredible. That, <laughs> he he was like it was being being up close for for that that Spurs series and then uh, that Thunder Warriors series and then that Cavs Warriors series. I mean, they were all incredible. But I mean, watching Durant just become a mod like he was just so good on defense during especially yeah. during that Warriors series I mean I will never the the play the, the two plays I'll probably never forget from the entire playoffs obviously LeBron's block in game seven was just 
absolutely incredible. And I won't, mm-hmm. you know, you won't forget yeah. that. But the play that will always stand out to me Jeez. just as much was another block, which was in, I think, game six of the conference finals, either game four or game six, when John Livingston, who even, even after his knee injury, could still get up pretty good, that he went up for a dunk and Durant had jumped up in the air to either try to, I think he tried to jump up there to block a shot. And yep. instead of a block, they passed it to Livingston. Livingston went up for a dunk. Durant landed, immediately jumped back up and knocked him at the rim. And like, yeah, it was like a, stick. Oh, it was like, the, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I was like, this isn't even humanly possible to do that, yeah. to jump that fast and block somebody at the rim. I mean, it, it's, nah, it was absolutely incredible. It's going to be quite a season. And I, I, I wonder, I, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm still gauging. I listen, I'm not, you know, I, clearly I, I'm able to, um, you know, switch my allegiances. I'm not. I'm not a lifer when it comes to uh, teams. So I might, I just believe like ultimately you're rooting for laundry, right? You're just rooting for laundry nowadays. But um, uh, I don't know. It's, it should be. A, I'm interested to see my my level this year because man, I would be going to bed at 1:30 in the morning last year, right? You know, and then and I got you know I got. My my kids getting up at seven in the morning. Maybe so. I'll start on the Timberwolves soon. Start on that start on that Central Time Central Time watching. Maybe I'll have to do that. I think I think I got a couple of years. Yeah, they're gonna. But be, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously they're gonna be interesting. I'm I'm about to move across the country, so. I said this though. I just I don't know if the 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 Wolves fan base is as wide widespread as I need it to be, right? Well, uh, I listen. I mean, I've been public about thinking they're going to win 50 games, and uh, I, I think that stuff takes care of itself, right? If you have a great team, you know, look at the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder had the Thunder are a nationwide team now, and they play in Oklahoma City. You know, if yeah. you have if you have if Wiggins becomes right. a top 15 player and Carl Towns becomes one of the three best players in the league, like they're capable of being. Um, and yeah. if, let's say Chris Dunn becomes an All Star, like I think he could. I mean, if you, you mm-hmm. have a bunch of really good players like that, it doesn't matter where you play. Keep going. Keep going. And my boy, oh, Tom boy, Thibodeau. From oh, my... Tom Thibodeau. Oh, that's oh, right. He's, he's a, from he's my, a home, Connecticut guy. my hometown. Oh, that's right. He's from I my, forgot about that. He's from New Britain, Connecticut. That's right. So, that's right. No, it's, you know, Hard I'm, hitting. You know I'm, uh, you know I'm all in on, on, on the Wolves, so it would, be, uh, <laughs> it, would, it would be good if that worked out. Now, now one one more thing. I, actually, we'll save that question for last. I, I, in case people don't know, you you've talked a lot about the audience, and and one person we haven't talked about on the podcast at all is is Big Waz. Uh, and I, for those people who are in and out of the True Podcast or, or or don't really know quite what's going on, I, I'd like you to kind of give a brief explanation of uh, of how Big Waz became uh, became a part of the pod. <laughs> um, so going back to the live show on uh, Spreecast that we would do. I mean, Waz was part of the audience I was talking about. And um, he actually debuted in an offshoot of the live show, which was the Means After Dark show, right? Right. We would, that, we would do that on Thursdays, and uh, that was really cool. It was pretty much a mean monologuing. And he would bring – did you ever go on that? No. Uh, no, I that. never was on After Dark, no. But he he would he had this um, like series of weeks where he would bring on a fan, you know, um, and Waz came on one week. I think this is the progression of this. 
I'm trying to and remember. They, and, they, and they are friends from back in Queens too, right? Or they at least knew They're, each other. Yes, yes, they knew acquaintances. Right. Um, but and, and so, somewhere or another, um, you know, with with the technology there, you could see like if they had a video feed, you could you could bring them on into the the four screen module, and they could probably the whole interactive experience right. point of the show. Right. And um, now Wise, Wise had a couple things going for him. He had a great connection, <laughs> you know, like as right. I was talking about with this, this, this type of stuff, like, and his audio is good. It was just like simple things like um, your audio works and I can hear you like, right. You know, it, it's good. And he framed himself up nicely. Right. And he was set on this blue wall. I remember. Yeah. And so like the, they had nice contrast and, and, but Wise man, he would come on and he just had, he had a, I, I'll, I'll never forget. He just had the biggest smile, and so, I, and for some reason, like it would just make me laugh. I would just start laughing the minute I just was would pop up, and uh, so what I started doing, um, so it'd be Ethan, me, and Tom. I would literally like during the course of the show just just force Waz into the the floor <laughs> screen. <laughs> <laughs> literally you know they would be in a conversation about whatever and uh was just be was be sitting there and i would just sit i would be in the background hysterically laughing like the <laughs> hardest i ever laughed so to me it was just a way of making myself laugh right, right. um and then you know i mean everyone had the opportunity to, to kick people off so of course ethan or Amin would get this guy out of here um but uh so somehow um, I think it was basically what I what I figured out was I would bring him on at the end of the show. I was like, everyone, that, everyone will, yes, everyone will be fine with like the last five minutes of was come on, and he would come on and critique the show and and be the ombudsman. And and there was one time that Brian was on Brian Winhurst, and Brian of course came with like some scorching crazy knowledge of you know <laughs> agent talk and, right. and and was is just he's a smart dude like he's so smart like and he really appreciates the true hoop stuff you know what i mean like he he really appreciates all the stuff that true hoop has has done like henry and kevin and um and that's cool and so but he came on and basically told told uh told the the rest of the guys that that brian just mopped him up it was just the funniest funniest thing and the fans just like the chat blew up and so I think from that moment on, I was like, Waz is Waz has certainly got a special. Uh, he, I mean, he's 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 perfect, perfect for for what we we're doing. And obviously, he's just you know, he's Waz now. Yeah, now he's <laughs> now he's Waz on the present uh, fixture on the pod. Yeah, just is great. I think I think so. Once once we went purely you know audio and and kind of left the the live space, even though he was he had entered that space pretty. Um, pretty much as a regular um but then you know uh he's just he's just a great voice and and like he's he's not he's not a analyst right right uh and so i i he's the man on the street if you will um maybe yeah, literally he's the, he's, but. no he's good. yeah he's that that's why it's fun that he's part of the group because he like you know everybody else whether it's me or ethan or tom or brian or amin or whoever like we're all you know, kind of in the within the beltway, yes. so to speak, and Waz definitely you know, not. It, so he comes at it from it, kind of the perspective, like you said, of 
of Joe Fan, which is a which is I think I, I always like I always try to sound out my uncle. My uncle's a huge sports fan, and I I always mm-hmm. try to sound him out for the same reason. Like I, I always think it's smart to to try to at least have some idea of what you know, like the regular regular average fan who has a regular nine to five job and comes home and watches games yeah. at night. Like it's good to know what they're thinking, so you don't get lost in kind of the the inner workings of things that people aren't paying attention to. And I, I know you don't mean it this way, but I, Waz is certainly – he's not the average fan, right? But um, he certainly is the voice of, of – Yes. Of yes. that. Like, yes. not aesthetically, but just – I don't know. But here, like I was telling you before, I grew up on the fan. Right. I grew up on 66. On, on, w, on WFAN, the – the flag, the the number one sports talk yeah. station in the country, that in New York. For those, who I mean, know. I love like when I go to the city, like when I have to, I can get the fan here. But when I go to the city, I always I got I'm dialed in because I love it. I know it's it's it, it is what it is, but it's my favorite radio, and a lot of it has to do with like you just you hear the people, right, right. <laughs> Right. from Queens. Right. Oh, yeah. All the characters that would call it. Jerome, 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 Jerome. When I worked at the New York Post, so the first the first few years I worked at the New York Post, I was both writing and doing agate pages in the office. And Jerome would call the office like he was calling, like he was calling the fan. He would call the office That's... and just scream, "I can't believe That's that Gerard, I can't believe Gerard had brought a butt. What is he doing?" Uh... And then he'd just hang up. And then, that he, is then, he, then he call back twenty minutes oh, later. God. They got a trade Posada. Nice. That happened once a week. All right, Jerome. Oh my goodness, Maybe that's though. funny. Oh, it, dude. It, but at, but but you're right though. Like and like you said, Waz Waz certainly is a very uh, yeah. Like in, when I say average fan, he he is paying attention way more than the average fan. But he's he's definitely <laughs> presenting the opinion of you know the the regular guy watching from home as opposed to you know somebody that's covering the, by the, the sport by the way i will just say this like i think i may have you know got that conceptually from the way joe beningo became the, a host right i think beningo like won a contest beningo or... won a contest to be uh to have to either be part oh. of francesa's show or be part of some other show and then he ended yeah, up with the like, overnight it show. was like dream job or something yeah like that right yeah yeah so he I was think a caller was... to francesa's show that he's like the ultimate like he is like the dream job guy he went from being a caller in the francesa show all the way up to uh all the way yeah. up to uh having his own having his own show the um but i wanted to say this though so one of the criticisms is is when i didn't work with was it would be well you need it's you're just a bunch of espn analysts you know who am I speaking for? I don't even know, but I, I, would, I would hear this. Uh, and then when you when you bring that person into the mix, well, who's this guy? <laughs> He's not an ESPN analyst, <laughs> right? Why do so we, you can't, we don't, don't want to? You can't just, win, right? Exactly. We don't want to hear all these analysts just give their opinions, and then when you bring somebody who isn't one, well, we don't want to hear this guy. We want to hear the analysts give their opinions. Well, that's you know, that's, that's how all this stuff works. So there's only yeah. one there's only one topic left to discuss, which. Uh, which one of one of our one of our friends, uh, Brian Winhurst, told me I had to ask about, which is your hat. Mm. So, for, for people that don't know, uh, which is probably most of you, uh, mm-hmm. wherever Jade goes, he has a black hat, and, and, he, and it <laughs> never comes. It, it never comes off. He, if you, if you're like, I saw pictures from Jade's very lovely vacation 
recently, and he was in a good number of pictures in in uh, in a very warm place, and his hat was never off. And uh-huh. I, I've I've been around you probably a hundred times. I've never seen your hat off. So uh, yeah. I want you to kind of I want you to explain uh, where you got this hat from. Do you have like twenty of them? So something happens. <laughs> you have another one. one. Hat. <laughs> Let, let's let's hear the, let's hear the backstory here. Oh, uh, well, first of all, I, I don't have any hair, so <laughs> <laughs> I have pretty much a, you know, a balding, shaved head, and uh, so I'm insecure about that. <laughs> That's pretty much the story, but I love wearing a hat. Like, I've always worn a hat since, I don't even know, as as you can go back, to, I, I might have come out the womb with one, honest <laughs> God. Um they just uh, make me feel secure. I don't know. I have about, like, you know, 15 of them at the house. They're in constant rotation. My wife keeps them, uh, like, updated. Like, so right now I'm in the summer. I have a now, different half of summer. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to hear about this. What What do you mean she keeps them updated? She, like, rotates in new ones? or She, she buys them for me. Like, okay. basically, I, I'll get them. Like, you know, she, I'll get, like, five for Christmas and then, you know, some for my birthday. She... I, you know, she keeps them fresh. And so I, right now I'm in the summer rotation. Like I have a thinner half of the summer and then a, a thicker wool one for the winter. Because I've never, um, I've only ever seen you wear one hat. It's this black hat. So do you have well, yeah, like but, 15 of the black hat or do you wear other hats and just don't ever show them off? I have, I, I do, I have a gray, I got a blue, but all those get, th- those are home hats. I only wear blackout. <laughs> okay. Very rarely will I wear uh, a different color out. I don't know. Like they, my these guys call me the undercover cop. Uh, you do have the undercover cop look. I see. To me, it's like uh, I just don't get that. I don't get it. You know, you, I, I find I find it more of a uh, Mr. Robot thing I got going on. But <laughs> well, maybe I, I like you know? I like the undercover cop theory. I mean, maybe you are the undercover <laughs> cop. Maybe you're deep undercover. It w- wouldn't surprise Perhaps. me. Um, all right. Well, uh, this has been this has been great. I think the people uh, I think the people know plenty about uh, plenty. About My mom's gonna love now. this. No, it'd be great. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything we didn't touch on? Or are you are you are you comfortable with everything we we covered? Is there anything else you wanted to get to? I I think I'm a little bit nervous about the conspiracy stuff, but we're gonna let it go. No, we're gonna let it go. You didn't even you didn't even get into that. Look, you basically <laughs> you basically admitted that you just like winding people up, which is which is I think the the main reason why you're into the conspiracy theories. Because you can just drop that know, in. How did it... You can just drop that in, like yeah, you know, I don't know about that, and then people just lose their minds, and then you can kind of just giggle in the corner. That's your. That's how you I approach just, things. I, I hope. I hope it sounds good. That's 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 my main concern. Does it, it sound good? It sounds. It sounds just fine. And listen, if it doesn't right, sound that, fine, it'll be my fault because I don't have a producer. If I hadn't even send, producer well, like you, I'd be good. Send it to me. I'll edit this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need. No, we're not going to do that. It'll be just fine. Um, all right, but now before before you go though, um, give tell the people uh, where they can find. Uh, not only you on Twitter and your entertaining Twitter feed, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but plug. I don't want to uh, do that. Do no, I have to do that? Yeah, of course. Tell tell the people where to find everything you have no. going on. Come on. Nah, nah. What do you mean, nah? There's, uh, one, there's one person who doesn't who who won't do this on the podcast. You want to guess who it is? Brian. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so don't so don't be like Brian. Give give a quick give a quick minute on all the stuff you've got going on. 
people hmm. who listen to this are fans uh, of your work. So tell them, tell them what you got going on and, and tell them where to find everything. Definitely. I mean, you know, just if you follow me on, on, the, on, the, on the Twitter uh, at True Hoop TV, um, not True Hoop. I'm not Henry. Someone right, called Henry. me Henry the other day. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, actually, um, that's a funny. That's an offline story. One of my uh, a good friend of mine did that, which I will I will tell you about when we're off. But um, that yes. was great. So, yeah, everything everything that I do just go, it goes up there. Now you know, as as far as uh, finding stuff, uh, well, I can't say. I'm just let's just say that like at Troop TV, that's where everything comes out, and then. Everything that I do with the guys, like you know, me and Ethan and Tom and and Waz, they're all you know they're all putting this stuff. You, Tim, uh, you guys all you know help me get the stuff out there too. Yeah, no, it's uh, and, and it, so it sounds it sounds like there's some sounds like there's some planning for some fun stuff in the works for the season too. I'm not asking you to reveal anything, but it sounds like you're I'm, thinking of new ideas. I'm honestly, I, I'm kind of looking forward to getting the blank things you missed project back in order oh oh that's that, such a oh, we should talk about those real, real that's quick, such a before, fun one real quick before before we go um th- those were amazing so for those i think pretty much everybody here listening knows about these uh jade jade did these videos during the playoffs um started during the playoffs right was yep. it before um was it before yeah it was right it was if 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 all right just so anyway the last couple yeah. months of the season jade did a bunch of these videos where he would go through the crowd and pick out uh, just people doing ridiculous things during highlight plays and and draw giant arrows to them in cartoon letters and and point out things they were doing. Uh, they were they were some of the funniest things that I saw on the internet uh, during the playoffs, especially in just period. They were great. How how where did that idea come from? Uh, it came. It was I think there was some college website like. Uh, that was doing, uh, I guess you'd call these like Easter egg videos, you know, like yes. stuff you don't see. Right. Yes. And so it was like, Hey, I could, I, I can do this with uh, basketball. But the thing that I had, um, access to was the super slow motion phantom the camera phantom stuff. Cam, yeah. And which, which is, so the stuff that I had seen, uh, from this college website was high speed, just not high speed, but just normal speed. And it was football. Right. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, it was just like, when I saw that video, I was like, Oh man, I immediately thought of Phantom because Phantom's like just one of these things that you get access to in, in my job. And you're like, this is the coolest oh, thing it's so ever. Cool. It's so cool. It's I, so I, cool. The, I mean, Kobe Bryant, Kobe, the Kobe Bryant dunk on, Jared Wallace and Chris Humphreys, which I saw live, uh, it was just the, one of the coolest like minute clips ever uh, in Barkley. Yeah. It was like his last athletic moment of his career, and it was just it was yes. so cool. Yes, so injured. cool. Yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, in that in that phantom, I think John Legend. John Legend is like and right, John right Legend and Chrissy Teigen are sitting right next to the basket, <laughs> and as Kobe runs by, John Legend's doing this super slow motion fist yeah. up to the moon and like screaming. It's just the great. Oh, it's it's awesome. It's so and, great. And I actually used that in a video with uh, with Baxter Holmes. Um, yes, I remember the, that. Because the and and the call is Iron Eagle. Yeah, and it's just oh, the best. Freaking the best. You know, when you when you and that's you know that's something I'm doing and things she missed. It's a fun piece, but when you get a great play, it elevates that clip to like a whole new level because you can add in the the sound. Yes. And then and then like for instance, I think uh, during the the, the playoffs. 
there was that crazy um remember the inbounds play the spurs uh thunder game game yes. two yes <laughs> so that i mean was there just, for that yeah it was insane yeah just uh i mean all sorts of i mean playoffs is perfect for because you get these like these uh these moments and a lot of people were were writing back to me how it was a great way to kind of experience the playoffs it it goes to show you we didn't talk about this we can talk about next time when i come back sure um about um like the way fans uh consume content nowadays is so interesting like they really just one one play now one play and and designing it in such a fashion where you're bringing in you know the audience essentially right yeah no absolutely <laughs> uh, and uh i don't know it's just it's a it was so cool i'm i i'm hope i really hope that people uh want to see that piece again this year because it was a perfect meditation piece for me i would come in in the morning and it was just like it was it was rather easy to execute and uh and people seem to really, really oh, I enjoy hope, it. I hope you do them throughout the whole season because they're great. Those, those are some of my favorite. Uh, those are some of my favorite things from the from the playoffs. So there you go. See, you even you even uh, you even pitched you even pitched more things uh, than you wanted to when you were plugging. So there you go. Yeah, and if anyone has, ever has an idea that they want to see, send them my way, and I'll try to execute Jade, it. Jade is, Jade is always looking for fan 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 uh, submissions on opinions. I, I, I'm not saying that sarcastically either. Uh, no. no, you're, you're crowdsourcing all the time. Um, all right. You can, you can, you can find all Jade stuff on ESPN.com. He's the best. Uh, you can find, uh, my work on the Washington post or on WashingtonPost.com. Uh, you can find the podcast by, uh, if you search posting up on iTunes, you can give us a five-star rating and review. That would be great. Um, helps us out with our ratings. So please do that. Um, you can, uh, find me on my Facebook page at Tim Bontemps NBA. Uh, Glenn Yoder in the Western States, as I said earlier, uh, did the theme music for the podcast. Uh, give them a search online and buy their stuff, which is really good. Um, Jade, thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time, man. I, I, I think right. I'm allegedly doing the true pod tomorrow. So, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be looking forward to being back either then or sometime soon. And, uh, thanks. Thanks for the time, man. This has been a lot of fun. All right. All right. Thanks, Tim. And, and bye, mom. <laughs> all right th- thanks to everybody for uh for listening and we'll, and we'll talk to y'all again soon